Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Hot Weird Girl podcast. The Hot This is the One Take Wonder podcast with the Hot Weird Girl. Sorry, I'm so excited because I just got off of filming um the podcast episode with my college friend Carol. It's really great. I had a ton of fun. But two things you should know about this episode. One, it will involve very graphic mentions of domestic violence. If that's not your content, I totally understand. Please tune in next week or please feel free to re-listen to the earlier episodes. And two, you'll hear me refer to the um, interview with Carol like it hasn't already happened. We ended up being able to record it tonight. Oh my God, Matthew, stop. My cat is currently trying to eat the wire. So please check it out. It was a really fun episode to film. But again, I just want to go back to the seriousness of the trigger warning. Um, We'll be discussing Tina Turner, Ike Turner, Megan the Stallion being shot by Tory Lanez, and Blueface and Krishan. So I really just want to give that graphic content warning. But this episode really meant a lot to me. I I love speaking on this topic, even if it is... um, hard to talk about and I would really love your feedback for this episode in particular so let's get into it feel free to reach out to me on twitter tiktok instagram and youtube at hot weird girl that's girl with a zero and let's get into the episode do you ever think about how women who faced public or even private violence never get to escape that legacy and always have it somehow a part of them not in their own identity but in how other people identify them because I do often. I also think about the fact that every Monday in my morning manifestations, I tell myself, like, you should put something positive into the world. And, you know, here's another sad podcast episode. I apologize for myself in advance, but I also deeply want to talk about this because the court has finally sentenced Tory Lanes. And while I think it's funny to call him a bald midget, a Canadian cunt, um, a horrible person, a deadbeat, a two-bit rapper, and and these aren't my best insults. I've had some soul food for dinner tonight, guys. I'm feeling a little sluggish, but I think it's also important to name abusers by their first and last name, just so that we can never forget them. Um, he's finally been sentenced to 10 years for the assault and what I will consider attempted murder on Megan the Stallion's life back in 2020. He's finally come to justice. He will be serving time and possibly being deported. Thank God. But I want, I mean, I think deeply about how people are going to discuss Megan going forward. And I'm not even going to give credence to like the trolls who are just so happy to see a black woman punished for being black. And so they're rejoicing in, you know, her assault. But more so that it seems like you can't talk about Megan the Stallion without this coming up and how there's this legacy in pop culture. And I think it very much mirrors what happens in our private lives because I believe that what we choose to highlight in pop culture and what we choose to focus on what's going on in celebrities' lives is simply a reflection of the values we hold in the private sphere. And when I say private sphere, I just mean people who aren't famous. And the way that we hold on to violence, like the violence enacted upon women as part of their public legacies is really disturbing to me. Earlier this year, Tina Turner, may she rest in power, passed away. And so many articles focused on the abuse she suffered at the hands of her former husband, Ike Turner. If you're not familiar with Tina Turner, don't say that to me, to my face, because I will come through this podcast mic and punch you. Don't bring up the fact that I've never been in a fight when I say this. She was this amazing 
icons, rock music, R&B, soul. She was a pioneer of her genre, an amazing dancer, but unfortunately, when she first popped into the scene, in the music scene, she was promoted and was also singing with Ike Turner, who brutally and continuously beat her until she was able to escape with, I think, what, a dime to her name and had to get helped out by a hotel manager and the details of abuse. I, I don't know. They're not my own to go into, even though they're very public and she spoke about them publicly. But something that I think about often is in her HBO documentary, which came out about 2021, I believe, she said that it's had a permanent negative consequence on her life, that she can't look back at that time fondly the way the public wants her to, but that it's something that it's haunted her and it makes her sad to this day and how she wishes people would stop talking about it. And I thought the documentary was beautiful because it was Tina in her own words and they didn't make her relive that abuse. They just used old articles and kind of meshed it in. But in her passing, it was such a reminder that you never get to escape or you rarely get to escape because I'll bring up Rihanna in a moment the violence that a man does to you. And in a way, that in itself is part of the violent punishment, right? Because Tory Lanes didn't just shoot Megan in the foot one California summer night. And forgive me if it wasn't in California, but I believe it was. Yes, because they were coming from Kylie Jenner's mansion. He then mocked her publicly, accused her of lying. He has this horrendous song where he's chopping up a horse's foot. And in the background, you can see that it says like hot girl summer special, which it, it's clearly, I mean, it's not even a veiled attack on Megan the Stallion. It's just mocking her. And he's chopping up this horse's leg and taking, you know, care to wrangle around the foot where he shot her. And it's really important to know that according to her testimony, he screamed dance bitch before shooting her and shooting a performer, particularly one like Megan, who's dancing in all of her sets, twerking for the gods. Um, it, it was meant to disable her. Even if he claims that he didn't mean, to, well, he claims he didn't do it at all. But even if people are saying that, well, he didn't mean to kill her, he clearly meant to take away her career. And that in itself being shot by another person is so deeply traumatizing and bear in mind that like Megan has no parents she is she lost her father she lost her mother she lost her grandmother like she's really navigating this world without that immediate family presence and then navigating fame on top of that and to lose your mother while you're coming up in fame and to really you know not have the familial mentors I think we can infer that, you know, people like Beyonce and Cardi B are really looking out for Megan, and it's great, but that really can't replace your mom, that, that can't replace your grandma, that can't replace your dad. I get so choked up every time I listen to the song Anxiety because of it. And like, I, it, the SNL performance was kind of taken off YouTube, which I think is a good thing, but she's like choking up and, ugh. And she's like, if I could write a letter to heaven, I would tell my mama that I should have been listening like that. It just, it gives me chills. I went off on a tangent, but he shot her and then he humiliated her publicly. And he so doubt. There are people who genuinely believe that Megan the Stallion wasn't a victim of violence or that if she had a sexual relationship with Tory Lanez, 
which to be fair, she doesn't owe us telling us about it. And also I would lie about fucking Tory Lanez too, um, that somehow she deserved it. And it's another form of torment because it'll be longer lasting. The, the bullet wounds itself is healed. There will always be glass there, but like 20 years from now, people will still be speaking on Megan's name and calling her a liar. And that is his violent legacy towards her. It was a double punishment. It was shooting her and then it was dragging her through the mud. It was pleading not guilty. It was claiming conspiracies. It's selling your merch after you've been fucking sentenced to continue to punish her. And if Megan doesn't get to escape the violence that she's experienced in her in the public sphere and granted I, I really hope that this prediction is wrong and that someone can look back on this podcast episode and say well you know alexia she ended up being fine we didn't talk about it it's more like a rihanna thing which i promise i will get to but what if she never gets to escape that what does it mean for the for the private women for the everyday women that maybe someone in your hometown figures out that you were the subject of rape or domestic violence or you know a physical assault by a man is that always something that would be brought up in in church pews in whispered hushed corners of parties is that going to be a gossip tidbit like how carefully do we hold the trauma of others particularly when that trauma is something that results from being hurt by men And I brought up Rihanna to say that in um, the early 2000, or really the 2000 aughts, Rihanna was beat up by her then boyfriend, Chris Brown. The mugshot is very public. It's gruesome. It's graphic. I, I mean, it's horrible to witness. Um, and for a very, very, very long time, because I've been a Rihanna super fan since she arrived on the scene. Like literally I heard Ponder replay and I was like, oh, I'll make this my personality for the rest of my life. Um, so as a Rihanna super fan and someone who's just always paying attention to how she's perceived in the media, it took like five to seven years for people to stop bringing up the Chris Brown shit. And I refuse to believe that it wasn't because, you know, they did briefly get back together. She did an Oprah interview where she said she forgave him. And if you're familiar with the cycle of abuse or just how long it takes someone to leave an abuser, it's an average of seven times that someone will attempt to leave their abuser in a domestic violence relationship before they're able to successfully do so. And it's so easy from the outside looking in to say, well, how could you stay with the person that was hurting you so constantly? But what is so evil about domestic violence is it's coming from a person who claims to love you. Like this person is saying, I love you. And then they're hitting you or hurting you emotionally and it's hard to under when you're in that space and god forbid i hope you never are but i I think it's it's just so hard for people to separate that for it's so painful that this person you love so much is hurting you like that and you want to believe that's not happening um you know and so you go back and People talked about it for a long time. Like she would just be on E! News for her fashions and they'd be like, oh, and the Chris Brown thing. And then people would sort of debate if Chris Brown was good or not. 
I don't know if at the time the release of the pictures was a double punishment just because she did publicly forgive him and then kind of participated in the rehabilitation of his image, which is her choice as a survivor and I never want to take that agency from her or anyone who felt like they were the right choice. She is allowed to process her trauma in her own ways and announce it publicly and that was her decision to make at the time. Um, But I just think it's interesting how it wasn't really until Fenty Beauty came out and she became this like business owner mogul, even after Auntie was doing so well that people stopped bringing up what she had experienced at the hands of Chris Brown. But it still comes up often, but instead of the abuse that she faced coming up when people speak about Rihanna, it more often comes up now when people speak about Chris Brown, which is very rare because usually men, both publicly and privately, get to abuse women, and then it never comes up as a stain on their reputation. If anything, it stains the woman who they've hurt. And I also think about Krishan and Blueface. I mean, I think about Krishan a lot. My my heart really hurts for her. If you're not familiar with who I'm talking about, Blueface, he made that song Thotiana, like Bust Out and Thotiana. Let's see, it came out when I was what? A junior or senior in college. It's like when he was really big, but he was never like big, big. Cardi B, when she was still up and coming, jumping on a track. But he was basically a one-hit wonder. People were forgetting about him. And then the pandemic happened and he made Blue Girls Club, which was sort of a ratchet Zeus adjacent network version of the Bad Girls Club on OnlyFans. And people basically subscribed during quarantine to watch a bunch of girls fight and get ratchet with each other. And he was supplying them with alcohol and it was getting really vicious. And one of the participants on the show was Krishan Rock, who was a young girl from Baltimore with a very disturbing and sad family past. Like Krishan's mother struggled with addiction. Her father beat her mother. She has a lot of siblings. You know, she witnessed a parent do crack. She grew up in low-income areas in Baltimore. By all means, her life was not easy. And when you look at Krishan, that trauma is very visible. It's very obvious that she didn't come from a good place or a healthy place or get that like healthy head start in life that so many people are fortunate to have and may not even realize that they're fortunate to have. And he entered into domestic violence content. Now I have scoured the internet but I can't find it and it's also really really hard to sort through Blueface and Krishan rock clips I used to make more TikToks about it but then it just got difficult because you're having to watch this abuse but there is an interview and I remember it vividly where Krishan talks about the fact that after the show ends after um, Blue Girls Club ended and like stopped airing and she entered into a relationship with him he signed her to his music label record label, whatever, I'm using quotes, you know, sarcastic quotes. And she entered into some sort of 360 deal with him, which it's like a slang term, which essentially means that she entered into a deal where he gets all of her money. Like she said that explicitly that Blue is controlling all of her money. So Krishan is going out on these appearances. She's making a name for herself on Instagram because you know, people started to root for her after Blue Girls Club because she was beating the fuck out of people. She was a former track athlete. Um, 
very talented, very athletic, and that girl is fighting like Mike Tyson. And because she's so athletic and strong, like, she's really beating these girls up. It's, yeah, so she she developed a following off of that, and then the sort of domestic violence content began very quickly into their relationship, as is typical with these types, you know, it became very, um, passionate and then very public but I want you to keep in mind oh sorry I just hit the podcast mic I want you to keep in mind always that blue face is again controlling all of her money so there starts to be these incidences where he's degrading her on the internet humiliating her and then she appears to stay with him and it eventually it morphs into if you're familiar with blue face and Krishan what we know now which is he's beating her up on camera he's degrading her emotionally i mean it's it's full-blown emotional and physical abuse on camera at one point they they even have a zeus network show about their toxic relationship um notably and this comes from an interview someone that used to work with them blue has production like sign out all the parts where he's abusing her there was a time i believe around this time last year where blueface was actually releasing clips of krishan hitting him and claiming that krishan started it and then other people started leaking clips where for example and i'm sorry to get so graphic but um krishan is seen breaking a bottle over his head and then someone released the footage from 10 minutes earlier where he is punching her in the stomach shoving her against a brick wall in an alley and screaming euphemisms it's just it's a really horrible clip of this beating um and so it contextualizes like that's why she broke a bottle over his head like you're you're beating the fuck out of her um and so now domestic violence experts have sort of come out and pointed out that what he's doing is publicly reframing this narrative to make her seem like an abuser so that people stop eliciting sympathy from them. But all of this virality, all of this outrage, that gets them money. Krishan is also on a show called Baddies East or maybe Baddies West. Um, she's on the Baddies franchise, which is this horrible Zeus Network show started by Natalie Nunn, which just to pause on that, Natalie Nunn was on Bad Girls Club, like season some of the earlier seasons and she's biracial and she talked about being biracial often and she hated other black girls she called other black girls nappy gorillas so she didn't want to be associated with them you know she would literally she would go to the camera and she was like i'm puerto rican and black she'd tell other girls like i'm puerto rican and black like she really she really did not want the black part to be emphasized and she always ran around saying like i run la i run la whatever and then she pops back up on bad girls club like reunions and stuff and she's starting to fake this like hood girl accent which that's how you can tell that someone's really faking it because nobody who's black is trying to fake someone they're not like you may be from the hood you also may not be which is something that only has to be explained to non-black people or um half black people with the complex as natalie did anyway now it's 2023 and she's relaunching this baddies franchise which again is like another spin-off of bad girls club minus the partying and the fun and it's all just like ratchetness and screaming and the girls don't even pretend to get along um but she's really playing into this like stereotype that's how you can tell that she doesn't have a black mom because she's acting like this um playing into every negative stereotype and screaming 
anyway, back to what I was saying, Krishan is featured on this show and she makes a lot of money, but Blueface is getting all of it. It wasn't until a few days ago when Krishan tweeted, like, I'm finally taking control of my own money, that it seems like Krishan is getting control of her own bank account because in all of these things Blue was doing to call Krishan crazy in public, to have her on these interviews, you know, and it was always blogs like Say Cheese, Rap TV, um, No Jumper, really non-credible but still somehow the main source of hip-hop information blogs that are very like manosphere podcast bro adjacent to make her seem like this crazy person and he was making all of the money off of it and I know this was a long rant but it was back to what I was saying about Tory Lanez and Megan where it was the double punishment like he hurt he hurts her physically emotionally and then the humiliation that she experiences in public is also part of that violence because Krishan at this point has multiple tattoos of Blueface on her body. It's important to note that she got almost all of them while she was intoxicated. Um, he demanded the placement, so placements on her neck, her face, very visible parts of her body, similar in the way that a pimp would mark um, his girls, that, that same human trafficking feature. And honestly, what Blueface is doing to Krishan is pimping. Even if she's not performing explicitly sexual work, um, th the way that he's extorting her image and controlling all of the money and then hurting her and putting her in a position where she can't really leave, is it, it's pimping. But he's been making money off of all of that and she's got nothing. And... I think the depths of this abusive relationship is when she announced her pregnancy. She's about six months along, I believe. Um, but it's very clear that what's happening was reproductive abuse. Krishan has been very public about the fact that she's had about two to three abortions by Blueface. Um, and, and people have criticized and they're like, well, why would you get pregnant by a man that does this to you, which is completely ignorant of domestic violence, but then also saying like, well, how could you get pregnant by him and it's like realistically if this man is enacting such violence on you and humiliating you publicly like do you really think she had a choice to use condoms or to tell him to pull out no even if that's not what she said that's what you can infer between the lines and it it works for him financially because blue is living in a big house in a big mansion and there's no way that all of that money is coming from his record label advances because he hasn't had a hit since i was in college and i graduated college in 2019 that's a long fucking time to not have any more viral songs at this point he doesn't really have a music fan base he just kind of has people that tune into his zeus network and now he's trying to unsuccessfully do the same thing with his baby mama humiliate him or humiliate her, get his baby mama drunk, because I think I forgot to mention this earlier, but Blue is on camera um, getting Krishan drunk while he stays sober and then exploiting her antics. And it's also a big part of her behavior is once you understand that she's drunk or high almost all of the time that he's filming her and that he's telling her there's been multiple times on camera, um, even if you should watch the clips that he himself puts out there because he likes to cheekily make eye contact with the camera while he watches Krishan takes a shot and then throws his behind his back. You know, so she's getting really fucked up. He's fucking with her emotions and he's sober and laughing at her and making all of this money off of it. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. 
I don't know that Krishan will ever be able to escape this legacy and it makes me really sad and it's not just because of the tattoos, it's just because what's happened is so severe and because her come up is tied to him that I think it'll be like Tina Turner where regardless of where she goes, Blueface will always be part of the conversation and maybe that will be Megan's saving grace in that she was more famous than Tory Lanez, she will be more famous than Tory Lanez no matter how, you know, little podcast bros continue to sell out his merch or try to put his um albums on the billboard chart which never happened before he shot megan the stallion by the way men will protect other men who are abusive simply because they like what they did to other women and they don't want to see men punished for the same behavior that they do to women behind closed doors but maybe that will be megan's saving grace because she was already on the rise of being an international superstar when this happened and she won a Grammy in the wake of this and she continues to get these amazing deals and launch these businesses and graduate from college. So maybe it won't be part of the conversation. And maybe that was why it was such part of the conversation with Tina because you can't talk about her early career without bringing up the fact that it was Ike and Tina back in the 70s, you know. But that doesn't feel like enough of an explanation when it also feels like our society rewards and enables these men in their punishment for the violence that they do to us. And it, I think it does a really good job of shaming people that want to come forward because if you know that if you come forward and you say, you know, this has been done to me and this is how I'm suffering and it'll be such a negative on your reputation, why would you come forward at all? And I don't know. That's just, it's something that I think about. It's its something that upsets me. I would love to hear your feedback. I know this was a heavy topic. Um, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, or maybe I forgot, but last week I promised that my friend Carol would come on for an interview, but he's packing up to move. So that will happen by, you know, within the next month, but you just have to make these concessions. Um, I'm going to think of a happier topic to talk about for next week because sometimes I feel like, you know, are you guys just logging on to get depressed for like the 25 minutes that I'm sitting in front of my microphone going off? And then I feel bad about that. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Heart Weird Girl. And until next time, love you. Bye.